Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. You're listening to Star Wars Sessions with Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is where the fun begins. Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy. And welcome to Star Wars Sessions, the show where Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars is a subject. Guess what? Joining me once more in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon is the greatest Star Wars man, fan and buddy out there. He's fresh from Jabba's Palace and boy does he have a set of lungs on him. It's Bly Snootles himself. Oh, really? Bly Snootles? <laughs> Bly Snootles? What? Is that the singer thing yes. from Return of the Jedi? Yes, you get... from, the, from, the edi- from the special edition? Mm-hmm. That's not canon. Can you get singing, please? That, that, that's not canon. That doesn't count. <laughs> it is canon. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Obi Hud Kenobi? Nice. You all right, oh, mate? good. Thank you, mate. Yeah, big good weekend full of food, ice cream and chilling out. I feel ready to take on Naughty. Anthony Joshua now. So how about you? Naughty. Oh, do I mention that? Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm all right, mate. A little bit of an underwhelming uh, Champions League final, but nonetheless, congratulations to Liverpool Football Club for winning the European Champions League. Yes, that ain't it wasn't, bad, a, is wasn't it? a great game, but... If you're a fan, nah. enjoy your celebrations. Well, there we go. But I tell you what, mate, enough about football, enough about all that rubbish, yeah? You know what I'm ready for? Uh, your, your wife's chocolate brownies? Well, yeah, all, all, all day I'm ready for those bad boys. But I tell you something, mate, I'm ready to shoot the galactic breeze. Yes, let's talk Star Wars. What's the word from the cantina? Yeah. Blyden Voss, what's been happening in the galaxy? Okay, so, so that, here's an interesting bit of news that I think a lot of people are kind of like, having their own interpretation of. Um, <laughs> but basically, the, the Admiral Akbar um, puppeteer, Tim Rose, he, he was on an interview with a, a, a gentleman who does his uh, own YouTube videos. I think his name is Jamie Strang- Strangham or Strangman right, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, he's a, he's a fellow UK uh, YouTuber. So shout out to Jamie. We'd love, we'd love, we'd love to get in, uh, get in touch one day. Maybe we can have a little Star Wars off. I don't know. Like in the UK. Um, but... Yeah, absolutely. Super cool. And it's nice to see someone from the UK doing like other Star Warsy stuff too. Yep. But yeah, no. So anyway, he spoke to Tim Rose. Tim Rose is famous because um, he, he puppeteered Admiral Akbar, right? And the gist of the story is, is that this guy has waited 30 years to reprise his role as Admiral Akbar. And he was super disappointed by Admiral Akbar's role in The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. And, and he went on to say, so in The Last Jedi, I was quite looking forward to maybe them giving him something more juicy, talking about Akbar. We were only given the script on the day when we were shooting that piece of script. So each day I would come to work going, is today the day Akbar, Akbar's going to get something a bit more involving? I looked at my script and I went, oh, Akbar's going out the window. Well, that's that then. Oh, bless him. Sorry, Tim. Yeah, so, and then obviously um, there, there was that bit where um, I think it was on one of the trailers at the end, maybe at the behind the scenes or something like mm-hmm. that. He, he holds a sign saying, it's a wrap. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. And he goes on to say, he goes on to say that oh, um, they went, oh, so basically the staff said, oh, here's a Millennium Falcon sign saying it's a wrap. Can you look at the camera and say it like it's a wrap? Um, because people would find it funny, right? So I think he's kind of like he, he's he's like looking at them, saying, "Like, am I a joke to you?" Mm-hmm. Something like that. And I, he he's upset about it, which I can understand. But 
But, 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 I love Admiral Akbar. He's cool. He's great. He's a great character. But he's not exactly Darth Vader, is he? <laughs> not quite. He's not, a, he's not a serious character, right? And in Return of the Jedi, it's a trap! That's uh, it. Which I'd like to say, right? Which I'd like to say is not exactly like... It, maybe it was meant to be serious, but that is like 110% meme yeah. material yeah. right there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that is a joke. And on the internet, it is seen as a joke. So, I mean, listen, I agree with the guy. I think Akbar was went to a terrible waste in The Last Jedi. You know, I think, or I don't know why he was killed off. I, I, I would have just, like, kept him in the story. I don't know, but I would have given him maybe something bigger to do, but maybe that's harder to do. I, I don't know. I would have done it differently, but... Yeah, that's how I feel. How how do you feel about it? Um, well, it's, I, I you know I sympathise with Tim because obviously if the stories are true that he obviously went out the back and got upset, that's not nice. You don't want to hear that. Obviously, the guy, no, the guy's poor, The guy loves the character. He's obviously got this emotional connection over thirty years with the character. So that side of it, fully sympathise. And you know, I don't, you know, I don't. The people are joking about it. I mean, I'm not into. That's not nice. But in terms of the character, you know, the character rather than the person, the character. Yeah, like I say, he was just—he's got about two minutes worth of dialogue and probably screen time in Return of the Jedi, The Force Awakens, and The Last Jedi. And it, again, like you say, it's not like Lando came back and was immediately blasted out the window, and people would think, "Ah, what's just happened to one? You know, one of the OG." Right. It's, it's Admiral right. Akbar. He's the guy. He's the fish guy. What do people call him? He's called a Mon Calamari, and people say oh, that should have been him rather than Admiral Holdo doing that fabulous hyperspace attack but um, I know Mortimer doesn't agree but I, I'm not really sure what you could do I mean like I've, I, th- after 30 years were you going to have uh, Ray, Poe, Finn and Akbar going on missions together no you weren't I mean they could have kept him alive they've kept Bly and Nam alive so there's no reason why they couldn't but I think it's basically just to decimate the entire resistance now so there's only a few of them and taken away all the military <sighs> leaders, I guess yeah. it it absolutely disables them. But I don't know. In terms of the character, I don't see that there's a big up, should be real big uproar. I know it's sad for the no, and and, but... and the truth and the truth is, mate, is and the truth is, mate. Right? I knew I knew a few people, and and listen, including myself, right, including myself. There was there was a few people that that expressed from the start of the Last Jedi. I was like, yeah, a little bit disappointed with how they treated Akbar. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I would have given him a little bit of a larger role in the film. But do you know what? I weren't crying over it. And I'll be honest with you, I, I, no offense to the guys, because the guy seems like a really nice dude. Mm. You know, it, 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 it didn't bother me that much. And I think it's very easy for someone, it's very, it's very human to become, you know, almost centric about your own yeah, character yeah, if you're playing it. And I understand that. I completely understand that. I'd be the same. You know, and the dude before then, before um, now, you know, he hasn't been on a campaign to say, oh, this has been ridiculous. You know, he's just asking an interview about his feelings on it. And he's been very honest. Yep. So I respect the guy from that point of view. But, you know, is it, you know, making a mountain out of a molehill a little bit or the way maybe it's been presented, especially by the media yes. now, right? You go, you Google Star Wars, put it into news. This story's coming up left, right, and centre. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. About, oh, actor who did not play Akbar, angry with Ryan Johnson and the last. Hey, do you know what I mean? It's like it no, gets spun, that's doesn't kind it? Kind of. 
Yeah, and it's, it's getting clickbaity. It's getting clickbaity. Yeah. So I don't blame the guy. But li- listen, I totally understand the sentiment, and I actually agree with him. It's just it's not the end of the world, mm-hmm. and I really I'm not that bothered about it. No, the only so... part I didn't really agree with was the idea that he spent 30 years expecting like a meaty role. I think Star Wars yeah, Legends has kind on. of played up the character a bit too much, but to expect a real meaty kind of role is. I mean, you put it in perspective. What two minutes? Two minutes, right? Something like that in total. Probably three less. Three minutes, than that. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. But there we go. There we go. I, yep. I respect the guy, and and all, all the best wishes to him. You know. Yep. Shout out to Tim Rose. You're a top man, and also uh, rest in peace, Admiral Akbar. It was certainly was a trap. But last bit of news now, just a bit of fun. If you've ever fancied a thirty-hour rave outside the Lars Homestead in Tatooine. You're in luck, and let's face it, who hasn't wanted to go mental outside Luke's house? Uh, Luke Skywalker. Uh, Les Dunes Electronique yeah. is a festival <laughs> taking place in Wandramel near Nefta, Tunisia, also known as Mos Espa to us galaxy heads. It offers in uninterrupted music from the best of Tunisian, French and international electronic artists uh, between September 21st and 22nd. Tickets? Cool, £38, 50 bucks. Who out there fancies a jolly up in the desert to get the rise of Skywalker journey into fifth gear? Luke, if we fly out with Tunisia... For that weekend, £245 for the both of us for a direct flight. Let's do it. We're going. We're off. What airport's that from? That's from Gatwick. Oh, wow. This guy did his research. I'm sadly I I did. you'd be on the back foot there and be like, uh... (laughs) I actually looked at how much it would cost via direct flight. It's two hours, five minutes to get to Tunisia for a 30-hour rave outside. For some reason, it just happens to be outside that homestead. Oh, mate, that is naughty. So, sounds like a plan, mate. Let's do it. What? Star Wars Sessions live from Tunisia. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, it's going to be going to be mad. No, it sounds good. Sounds good. Let's do it. And if any of our listeners who are North African listeners, who we have recently found out, we don't have many African listeners. We'll you seem soon. to mostly be. We, we've had listeners from every continent. That's right, Matt, apart from Africa. Yep. Wow. So we have hit North America, South America, Europe, Asia, Oceania, the rest, but Africa. That is unacceptable. We need we need listeners in Africa ASAP. So maybe it's in our interest to get out there. Yep. Well, we'll have a 30-hour show live. We're not going to sleep. We're not going to eat. We're just going to dance the night away. So anyone fancy joining us, contact Luke Bly for all the details. All right. All right. Naughty. <laughs> naughty. Anyway, I guess that kind of takes us into our main uh, main subject Absolutely. in a really weird way, <laughs> music. Um, yeah, anyway, right. So the big story of this week, kind of elephant in the room a little bit, is that, of course, Disney's Galaxy's Edge opened up on the 31st of May in California, mm. set on the outer rim planet of Bartu. Galaxy's Edge promises to immerse you in a galaxy far, far away. It's so immersive that the park itself is actually canon. (laughs) And the in-park moments are set in between The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker. Pretty spicy, isn't it, Matt? It's exciting. Um, Just wait, Christian Harloff, if you're listening, you might want to turn off for a bit because we're talking Galaxy's Edge. So come back in a little while. Oh, he mentioned it. I had to mention it. Uh, he mentioned I it. had to mention it. So, um, yeah. No, fair play, man. Fair play to Christian. Uh, well, not fair play to anyone. I don't, I don't fully understand the whole situation or, or around that, but that's nothing to do with us anyway. But no, still. we're not here for that. We're here to talk Galaxy's Edge, and I'm more excited than I thought I would be for this. 
Oh, mate, it looks absolutely incredible. So on the 30th of May, that was, that was the day before opening, we had George Lucas, Bob Iger, Billy D. Williams, Mark Hamill, and, and I don't think anyone was expecting this one, Harrison Ford <laughs> open Galaxy's Edge. Incredible. Well, we, we have a few highlights from the opening, and, it, and it's best that I just leave it to those guys to explain in real life. So here's some highlights from the opening ceremony. I'll first say you did a great job. Thank you very much. Coming from you, that means a lot. Well, it could have gone very bad. <laughs> but it didn't. It's much, it's Star Tours on steroids at a level you can't possibly believe. And... Uh, now the technology is here. This thing is amazing. It's really something that you couldn't even dream about 20 years ago. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. It was a great experience for me. And uh, I think that we'll, uh, uh, you'll change your life. You're going to love it just as much as I've loved it, being a part of this fantastic uh, franchise. To all the fans out there, thank you. The last time I was in a Disney park with George Lucas was for the opening, many moons ago, of Star Tours. And I thought to myself, this is inconceivable that I could be part of a movie that would get its own ride in a Disney theme park? I mean, I better savor the moment because it'll never be surpassed. And yet, look at where we are today. We get our own land. And so I'd like to take this opportunity to thank Walt Disney and especially George Lucas for teaching the world a new way to dream. This, this is just a little embarrassing. Is there somebody who knows how to fix this thing? That's right. She may not look like much, but she's got it where it counts. Can you uh, help us out with this thing? I'll give it a try, Bob. Peter. This one's for you. Ladies and gentlemen, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is now open. Legends. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It was so cool. That moment, George Lucas was like, it could have gone uh, really badly, but it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> what a legend. <laughs> that accent is what, incredible. <laughs> what an absolute legend. He just said it exactly how it was. And his um, trademark um, checkered sh uh, shirt with his nice with his blue jeans and his trainers on and just lays it out to Iger. So cool, man. Like that literally, that's what like four billion plus US dollars <laughs> looks like right there. <laughs> right? Richest man in Hollywood or something. That's crazy. Absolute legend. 
absolute legend. It was so nice to see them all on stage. Obviously, Billy D was thanking George Lucas and the best fans in the galaxy. That's us crazy lot, us Star Wars fans, which is wicked. Uh, Mark Hamill didn't believe anything could beat the opening of Star Tours. Oh, boy, he was wrong. <laughs> yeah. just, like, just like looking around, man, like the cameras, kind of, the camera would kind of like zoom out or the video that I saw of the opening ceremony, the camera would kind of like zoom out and look at the park and stuff and the Falcon. And it's just so surreal. It's so surreal looking at it. Really, really is special. Um, and talking of special moments and stuff like that, Harrison Ford, bless him, it did something absolutely lovely. He looked at the crowd and said, this one's for you, Peter, as he uh, launched launched the opening to, to the park, obviously referring to Peter Mayhew, the late Peter Mayhew, um, who, who played uh, the role of Chewbacca for many, many years. So that, that was really, really lovely and emotional in itself. Yeah. Uh, of course, there was a little bit of a delay going on in there, wasn't there? But yeah. we won't mention. No, somebody pushed the button yeah, that... a bit too early. But um, got a shout, yeah. shout out. I... Bob Iger's a lad. Bob Iger's I awesome. Know. I love that man. I know, right? Like that guy, he's quite suave, isn't he? He can hold like, his room, can't he? I've, he can. I've, I've not really seen much of Iger outside of of a few other Disney stuff. I've seen him in um, a couple, a handful of interviews at Max, but you could tell this dude was on the charm offensive that night. Like he, he, he was, he was definitely on charming mode, which was pretty cool to see. It is again, you don't get where you are by being football charming all the time, but I go, there's something about him. He's got this sort of magnetism that when he's on stage, you, he's got a presence and a respect. And I don't know why, what it is, but the man knows business. The man knows his stuff, and also he can tell he's a fan as well of the of Disney and also Star Wars. He's not just a guy up there making the money off it. He's a fan, and that's what I that's what I found the most endearing. I mean, I've seen plenty of interviews with Bob before, but this felt a bit more. We felt a bit closer to him because it's it's us, isn't it? It's Star Wars. We're the fans, and he he was putting this on for us. A bit more intimate. And... Oh, he, you 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 could tell he was enjoying it. Oh, you could. There it. was no doubt. You you can tell he was kind of like sitting. He was standing up there looking around, right? And he was like, "Yes, this is Disney." Do you know what I mean? Like yes. you could tell he had that confidence, look and he was like, "Yes, done. look at this, and you know, take it all in, take it all in." Yeah, so there was definitely that ease about him, that confidence about him, because he he knows looking around, man. He just he, he can see this is one of the greatest theme park, if not the greatest theme park expansion ever, ever. The so yeah, thing. he's got a lot. He's got to be a. He's got a lot to be confident about. The whole thing just looks mental, and I mean that in the best way possible. It looks incredible. Well, we know we're going to get more yeah. into the park shortly, but it just looks no wonder he's standing up there. So full of pride and just like confidence that you know you guys are going to love this. And Mark Hamill comes out. Mark Hamill, be it just just being Mark Hamill is awesome. And George George Lucas is saying this is gonna this is gonna change your life. People say that George didn't look entirely happy. George, to be honest, George never looks happy. But that's why we love him. That's just George Lucas. Um, George was honestly so pleased funny. to be up there. You could tell he was happy to be up there. Billy D is bit as charming as ever. But I never expected to see Harrison Ford. And I love how he, no. he gave one of his killer lines before he came out. And I think a lot of the crowd thought it was just a recording because nobody really reacted to um, to when he was offset saying uh, she doesn't look like much, but she's got it where it counts. And then suddenly the yeah. music blared out and he came up looking very much like a Jedi Master with that hair and beard combo. And 
I know, right? I've never seen Harrison with a beard like that. Last time I saw Harrison Ford with a beard like that was on Star Wars Battlefront 2. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit... Uh, it wasn't quite as grey, was it, then? But... No, not, well, not quite, not quite. Yeah, it's a great little great little tribute to Peter as well. Um, and I know Mark mentioned Carrie as well later on. So for those who couldn't be there, they were, they're there watching down. But yeah, great great little line from Harrison. And yeah, pyrotechnic, the fireworks that followed were pure Disney. They were they were awesome. I thought, I thought for the 15 minutes or so they were on, I thought it was brilliant. What, what more could you want to open up the, this park? Oh, yeah. Spot on, mate. Spot on. Yeah, and just before that, well, the day, um, I think it was the morning of that, or the day before, Bob Iger spoke Galaxy's Edge just before the ceremony, had uh, various interviews with Fox and CNN. And uh, we've got a couple of highlights now from what Bob Iger said, mainly just about uh, Galaxy's Edge, but also kind of how it plays into Disney Plus and The Mandalorian. So here he is. Well, Star Wars is an immensely popular property, and giving people who visit our parks, who have thought about visiting our parks, a chance to immerse themselves in Star Wars on a grand scale and in a much richer, deeper way is a big deal, and I think it will be extremely positive for the division and for the company, and for Star Wars, too. I think it'll lift the entire franchise of Star Wars. Well, first of all, we don't think of Star Wars as any one thing. It's Star Wars. It's Star Wars at our parks. It's Star Wars in, in books and toys and, and children's clothing. It's Star Wars in movies. And now it's Star Wars in television. And so there are elements of kind of all of those things in many ways that are here. Uh, people have not seen The Mandalorian yet, but when they do, they will quickly discover if they have been here that there are things in this park that are from The Mandalorian. And nor have they seen the next Star Wars movie, and that's here too. And so everything is kind of, you know, interwoven very carefully by us to manage the franchise Star Wars in a much more holistic way. Yeah, that was. I thought what he said was really interesting. He took some. I think you mentioned it um, offline, but he took some fairly uh, questions which could have caused a bit of issue. There was some cut. There was some curveballs in yeah, there. And he there, handled there was some it with a plomb. But I like how he said basically. That he's not, you know, he didn't. He's on. He's an honest guy. This is going to lift the franchise. He knows that there are divisions and whatnot, and this will lift the franchise. This will bring people together. How is it going to? How is it going to boost Disney Plus? He handled that well as well. People are going to go to the park. They're going to want to become immersed within this world again. You watch the Mandalorian. Yep. There are things in yep. Galaxy's Edge which are in the Mandalorian. Everything is carefully interwoven. I wish interwoven exactly. I wish yeah. the canon itself was slightly more interwoven with the films, but I loved hearing the you know, the big cheese himself say that everything counts, everything ties into each other. It was great. It was great. He said some really good things in that interview. And again, it shows that there was a lot of love. There's a lot of love and care going on in Disney right now. And I think, um, you know, shout out to Isaac and uh, Isaac Pevy from last uh, week's show when I did the interview with Isaac um regarding disney plus but also also the disney uh company in, in general and it makes the point that you know lucasfilm have made like some experimental moves you know they have made some risky moves mm-hmm. the last jedi was a risky move you know and you, you you can kind of tell i think by the by the, the lucasfilm's products you know the star wars film star wars series they are taking risks yeah. they are taking risks and that includes the canon that, that includes the stuff that's going into the park too. So I, I, I think a lot of that, for, for me personally, and for a lot of fans, many, many fans, you know, that's a bonus. That's a big bonus. Yeah, and risks can cause division, but 
it would be boring if everything was just linear and straight and we all knew what was coming. I love the fact that they are willing to take risks. Whether I agree with all of them or not, I'm not, I don't write the stories. They're given to me and I'm going to absorb them. However, I'd rather them, you know, throw caution to the wind sometimes or give us these curveballs and storytelling. Then, For sure. You know, it keeps it interesting. He, uh, he also yeah. wanted to say that Solo, they would have liked to, to have done better, of course, but what were they expecting from standalones? They'd never had a standalone. Rogue One did well. Solo could have been better, he said, but it was a well-made film. Plus, we've got new films coming out in 2022. And he also mentioned that, obviously, Disney itself is big enough to make sure there's no Star Wars fatigue. We've got, well, the world of Disney, and obviously there's Marvel and everything else to keep people from not having to be focused on Star Wars. And he also went on to mention consumer uh, interaction and engagement and the recession and how Disney are playing into that. But... He come out and said the products are in demand, so if people want to buy them, we're going to give it to them, which is, which is fair enough. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I, I think it's very wise what they're doing with the, with the Star Wars franchise, the the, the direction they're moving in. Um, but he, you know, he makes the comment, you know, we're not going to be starved from material. We're going to have with still plenty more material um, than, than we've ever really dreamed of. Yeah. You know, as as a kid, especially you know, a Star Wars TV show with one of the biggest budgets ever for a TV show, that is, that's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. And it all so, counts as well. Yeah, it all I'm, matters. It all matters. It all matters. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to it, especially the Mandalorian, man. That, that show looks absolutely it nuts. It can't come soon enough, can it? <laughs> no, no, it can't. It really can't. It really can't. So talking about the parks and all of that special jazz, what is actually at galaxy's edge well we've had lots of different reports lots of different videos lots of different vlogs articles instagram posts a lot but we have a pretty good idea of what is at the park basically there's a lot of stormtroopers <laughs> like a lot <laughs> a lot um there's ray there's finn there's kylo ren and there's chewbacca and they're wandering around which which is really cool plus there is, and listen to this, listen carefully to this. There's over 1,000, 1,000 individually costumed <laughs> cast members to help and enrich your experience. A thousand. And they're all in character. That is just surreal, isn't it? Yeah, every single that, person has their own unique costume. No two are that, the same. It, and that's just absolutely mind-boggling. Like the organisation and the care that has gone into this, there really is nothing like this. You said it exactly. That is the amount of work and effort and perseverance and love to do just 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 to do do the costumes, let alone to actually build the world, is uh, is staggering. It's unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. Um, but then then like we said earlier, the, this is taking place on the planet of Bartu. But the specific settlement we get to visit is a place called Black Spire Outpost. So this is actually one of the last outposts before the unknown regions and world space, right? So it's still in the, in the mm-hmm. general galaxy we know, but it's kind of like near that bit that no one's ever got to explore yet. You know, Which it's a bit cool. too far away, right? Yeah, it's super cool. And I'll leave this little seed here. It makes you wonder where they're going with stories and whatnot, mm-hmm. right? With the story, yeah. unknown regions. We'll, we'll visit that topic another day, but it does make you think, really does make you think. Anyway, uh, so so the main focus of, of the park seems to be obviously about uh, around the rides, the, the Falcon ride, uh, the cantina and, and the markets, right? Um, and the outpost was actually first uh, featured in the book Thrawn Alliances. 
uh, and the novels Lando's Luck and Pirate's Price were also, it was also mentioned in those briefly. So it's also going to be a big focus in the road to the rise of Skywalker novels, A Crash of Fate, Galaxy's Edge, uh, Black Spire, and also Myths and Legends book two. Um, so you can see like the, this planet and this outpost are all going to be part of the, these, these canon stories, which I think is super cool. They're really going to expand on it. And I think what you're saying is spot on, my friend. Uh, having it just on the edge of the galaxy, well, galaxy's edge, blah, how funny. Um, just on the edge of the galaxy, where can they go? All they've got to do is take a few steps and they're, at, we, they're somewhere we've never been before. So it's it opens up the storytelling world brilliantly. And yeah, throwing throwing Lance has mentioned it. It's been elsewhere. Solo, Star Wars story mentioned it. Yeah, wait, so hang on. The Solo one. Yes. When was that? Do you, do you remember? It's um, when after Lando is introduced Han to the Falcon, and he basically says we're going to do the Kessel Run, and L three saying yeah yeah of course you are yeah right. She says something along the lines of she mentions Black Spire basically. She says if it wasn't oh. you wouldn't get Black Spire without me or something like that. Yeah, that's just that's not the, that's not verbatim, but so she mentions Black Spire spe- specifically, and uh, so it's mentioned in Solo. I think that's where it maybe first mentioned and then he, oh wow that's cool yeah so, so it's, it's just little, oh, little wow, things like cool. that so that's so cool i i had to like take a die you could probably tell from my really bad reading um <laughs> <laughs> that, time, that, that i was like a little bit shook when i read solo a star wars so i was am i reading that right solo star wars 3 it was in that that's super cool i love how they're like bringing that all together that's wicked there's a few other things from solo as well how how cool is it that you're you're basically getting you you are part of that canon that's incredible you're part of the star wars story yeah and from from what we understand is everyone who goes there feels you don't feel like you're at disneyland you feel like you are in another on another planet or there's nothing there to say you're at disneyland disney world disneyland which how you can pull that off in such a incredible well in disney how you can undisnify that is i don't know how they've done it but it seems like they have Incredible, absolutely incredible. So I, I'm, from what I've seen so far, I'm really impressed. Well, you you mentioned that Millennium Falcon ride it's called Smuggler's Run. That's there. It's a motion simulator ride. You get to pilot the Falcon, the entire Falcon, during a smuggling run. So you get, I think it's, I think it's six people at a time. So somebody mm. pilot, you've got a pilot, a co-pilot. You have the gunners. Um, I'm not sure how long it lasts. I don't think it lasts all that long. But essentially, yeah, you get to pilot the falcon and you've got to try not to crash it basically as well yeah yeah and, and the way you pilot it also affects the way um you, your experience in the park goes on after yes. that right so if you if you crash it and you don't look after the falcon while you're riding it and stuff like that um people and the characters those thousand characters we mentioned earlier you know they're going to talk to you and treat you differently you know so, that's incredible that's super cool. that that is dedication that's, immer- that's How- immersion however However, there there is a little opinion that I have on this that, that I just want to mention. Here right? we go. Okay, okay. So um, I I had uh, I've been watching lots of videos, Instagram stories, and stuff, and I spoke to a few guys who have been there, mm-hmm. and I have a good friend that I met in 2016 at Star Wars Celebration here in London, England. Yeah. I met a lovely American geezer called Vivek. Right, he lives over in. California, so he's local. He's gone to Galaxy's Edge. He's Fair been there up. twice already. He's been there twice. Absolutely crazy. 
lovely guy lucky anyway man. anyway i had to ask him because i had to uh, the vlogs and stuff weren't making it that clear and i asked him now right so there are four positions right on the falcon mm-hmm. there's or is it six i think there's six actually. i think there's, there's six in this ride yeah there's six in this ride there's two pilots one determines how quick you go at the front and and the one on the right that 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 basically is the person who gets to punch it so to speak mm-hmm. right and then the person on the left, they get to choose how to go left and right. Right. Okay? And that sort of thing. And then there are the uh, engineers or the mechanics, and then there are the shooters at the back. Right? So they're, they're operating like the turrets and stuff like that. And the, the, the overall consensus that I'm hearing is that it is by far, and I mean by far, the best experience to pilot the Falcon. Wow. And that, and that actually... The, the engineering and the uh, mechanical um, positions, then they're, they're not as good. They're good, but they're not as good. And actually, it can take away from the ride a little bit because you're focusing on all this stuff, and you and you might not even be able to go see out the window or the cockpit that much, which is kind of like what the ride is all yeah, about. You want, you want to see what you want to see out the cockpit of the Falcon. There we go. There we go. So I asked Vivek, right? I asked him, so how do you? like guarantee yourself as a pilot you know how does that work and he goes mm. it's random they just give out the positions at random and you're given like this little um like token so to speak and it will say what position position you're you're doing like pilot gunner or engineer whatever it's called mechanic mm. right and imagine this mate imagine you queue up for three hours yeah there's there's you and your missus let's say let's say you and your missus or you and your best mate yeah you get to the falcon ride and then you're partnered up with four random people you've never met before. Right. And your missus gets a pilot token. You don't. You get an engineering token or mechanic token. And then some other random person gets gets the other pilot token and stuff like that. And, you know, I, you know, that, that I see where you're coming me, from here. That to me, I'd be a little bit cheesed off. Do you know what I mean? Especially if I'm waiting in queue for a couple hours, you know, to, to ride on, on this. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how I feel about that, mate. Because this seems like, and the reviews are most mostly positive. They're, they're, they're actually beyond that. They are wonderful. But that random, that random like element to it, I, I kind of, I don't like that idea. I don't like that concept. I guess it's the fairest way, in, in a way, because... I guess because everybody wants to pilot. Who I would, I would want to pilot the Falcon. Who wouldn't? Of course. I guess it's the only way that they can govern the line and getting everyone through on time is literally to say, "You six, you know, here t- t- take straws. Two of you are going to get the longest to get to pilot. The other ones don't." But I, I, you're right. If I'm queuing up, because I mean, we don't. We're not going to be able to go, you know, twice in a week, are we? Let's face right. it. We're right. going to go. We're, we're going to go. We are. We are on the wrong continent. Yes. Literally, we, we are. We are soon, and then yeah, we're, I'm sure we're going to go again. But we're going to go for the first time eventually. And yeah, but maybe we're just guilty. We want everything to be perfect. But why wouldn't you? <laughs> firstly, that, it's not, first it's not cheap. But also, you want to share it with whoever you're going with. There we go. And I'll, I'll be honest. You know, when I when I found that out, I did feel that little bit of oh, in in my heart, I was like. Oh right, okay. So if it's really busy, I mean, maybe the 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 
they'll have it so controlled so that the, the queues will only be like an hour yeah, yeah. or half an hour or 40 minutes. I, I don't know. I think that's super unrealistic, but, you know, never say never. And there's a chance that in a day, yeah, you'll be able to go on a ride twice or whatever. But to me that, you know, to, to go to a park, you know, your biggest expansion ever, and you're leaving this to chance. Like you said, it's random, right? It's random. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't think that's a good move. And you know me, we, we are a, we are a positive Star Wars podcast. Do you know what I mean? We, we aren't negative. We aren't, but, but when I see something like this that, that I think isn't maybe the, in, in the best interest of Star Wars and Star Wars fans, I'm going to say it. There's a difference and between negativity and just honesty. There we go. You could, you could, you go. could trash the idea and say how bad it is and it's, they're disrespecting the fans, blah, blah. But you just got to be honest, haven't you? Case, right? that's, that's not the case. They're, yeah, they're, exactly. they're, they're, they're probably, and like you said, there are people that are paid a lot more money than me to figure out this sort of thing uh-huh. do you know what i mean like this is their job to do this sort of stuff and to calculate uh, this sort of thing it just seems like that was one of the things i took away from this weekend from watching all, all the stuff that we got to watch and yeah i want to see maybe oh, i want to see how that develops put it put it this way but but of course that's not even going to be the only ride right now it's the only ride but I think it's later on this year the Rise of the Resistance uh, ride opens, yeah. which should be really good. When the, the when the park itself fully opens on the 29th of August of this year, and that's when Rise of, of the Resistance opens as well. So it's basically you're going to be chucked into the middle of a battle between the Resistance and the First Order. And of course, that's also going to free up more time for people to go on Smuggler's Run because people there'll be something else for people to do. So it will kind of divide people a bit more, maybe cut the lines down for each... Um, as people flip between the two of them, so um, I, no, I totally oh, see where you're coming from wait. about about yeah, that. Yeah. But another... I, I just I just wanted to mention that. No, it's fair enough. It's I think it's true. I think I could see it being a bone of contention for a few people who go there. Maybe they want to. Maybe they want to be up with their kids, or like you say, with their right. partners, or just with their best buddies. I guess just have to see how it goes when when the lines get bigger and more and more people that's, turn that's, up. That's it. And I... And I suppose it's probably not much different to going on a roller coaster and wanting to go at the front, that sort of thing. And that's probably the way they're looking at it. Yeah. It's just the Millennium Falcon. You know, it's so much more personal, so much more yeah. personal than just another roller coaster. Yeah. So that's my that's my thoughts on that. But there we go. And I'm I'm sure they're they're I'm sure it's not going to stay that way. I'm I am convinced it's not going to stay that way. So let's. Let's uh, watch this space and see what happens. In Iger, we trust. I mean, there's also that's like there's kind of two main things, or there's a couple. There's more than two main things, but Ogre's Cantina is the other kind of place that's getting a lot of uh, a lot of focus in a minute. It's the only place within the Disney parks where you can buy booze, uh, Jedi mind trick cocktails, bad motivator IPA, and Tonneray wine, uh, amongst some <laughs> magnificent looking beverages. And there's drinks that smoke. They're orange, they're red, they're green. They've got those cool little, um, a lot of caffeine bubbles, whatever they are in them. Um, one of them's got a donut on top of them, which, of course, for me is perfect. You get um, a droid DJ, R3X, provides the music, and it looks, it absolutely just looks awesome. And the cantina, I've heard, is also one of the most immersive things there. Who doesn't want oh, to go up to the bar looks... and the cantina and all of some of those? Oh, dude, the cantina just looks so great. It looks so great. I'm I'm trying to like I've seen glimpses of all these things because I don't want 
I don't want it to completely be spoiled for me. Like yeah, I've course. not, I've not seen how the ride works out either. Yeah, I like, haven't I, watched those. Yeah, I, yeah I, I don't think I'm gonna watch it. I've kind of like watched the bare minimum to kind of like report on it. Um, but that, but that's that's it. But these these pictures are, are, are everything that look, what they look like in the cantina. They they just look incredible. They've done a great job and is it me or do these drinks like straight up remind you of of the bar they go to in attack of the clones yes they do yeah yeah straight up they they look so good so just imagine if there's someone trying to flog your death sticks as well perfect experience wouldn't it well hopefully (laughs) yeah not taking them though you also get um listen guys you this everybody knows this but you also get to try blue milk and green milk as well. But blue milk, man, apparently blue milk's a bit like a slushy, kind of um, a pineapple-y, coconut-y slushy. Apparently green milk's not very nice, from what I'm understanding, but I still want to try it. Seven seven bucks, 99 a pop, so what's that? Six pound a go. Still going to give it a go, though. You get uh, Ronto wraps as well from Ronto Roost- Roasters in the Plax Bars, and Chef Strono Cookie Tugs, famous bites at Dock- Docking Bay, Seven Food and Cargoes, your main... Uh, place for food but yeah that milk oh that sounds good that sounds good i mean you just know for a fact this stuff's going to be expensive anyway like stuff in disney Disney. i've i've only ever been to disney world in florida uh when a couple years ago that was real real good fun good crack um but you know you just you go there expecting and knowing that stuff is going to be expensive um and I, i was just thinking to myself about those drinks i was like Oh, that's expensive. But then I've thought to myself, I'm pretty sure I've like bought a pint of beer for more in central London, London. like in some in some bits of London. Do you know what I mean? Like a pint, it could set you back an absolute fortune. But uh, go to the O2, nine pound for a pint. Ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. But there we go. That's a separate subject. Don't get Luke (laughs) fired up on that. Luke ain't so positive on that sort of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) When it comes to the price of his booze. (laughs) <laughs> yeah there we go but um yeah it's, it's still still there's still amazing things to look at and it's all part of the experience you're only going to be there like for someone like us you're not going to be there that often exactly. so it's it's part of the experience but there's other stuff there more immersive stuff such as savvy's workshop now this is the workshop where guests can create and purchase their custom lightsaber and the, I, i've seen the videos online of people doing this it looks absolutely surreal costs two hundred dollars mind you 180 quid which oh my word i cannot fathom how on earth they justify that that is ridiculous (laughs) but i'm gonna leave that right there because listen if i was absolutely minted you know for a fact i'd be getting a few of those lightsabers for them um Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but, yeah, I think the pricing is a little bit harsh, especially because you've already paid to get into yeah, the park. Dare I say, because so I know people are going to pay the prices. It's ridiculous, man. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. $200 is too much. I'm sorry, it's too much. I'm hoping um, it's a good quality saber, though. It. Blinking well better, be. you better be the best lightsaber you can buy on the market. Oh, it's, the, oh, it stopped working. It huh? better be a real one. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to cut my arm off when I turn it on. 
Blinking heck. Yeah, well, there we go. Um, but but on, uh, following on from that, we have Doc Ondar's Den of Antiquities, and this looks so good. A, wicked name. a store where guests can purchase Jedi or Sith artifacts. Doc Ondar himself was featured in Dryden Voss's yacht in Solo. So he was, again, he, he was a character from Solo, a Star Wars story. And I tell you, mate, I tell you what, I think this is like one of my favorite bits of, of galaxy's edge is that everything you buy in it is immersive. Yeah. That means there's, there's not going to be any action figures in packaging, like what you find in shops It is 100% toys and things you would find in a galaxy far, far away. So all the toys look like they could be toys that children would play with in star Wars. So you think of, you think of uh, young uh, Jin Erso, right? She has, the little action figure of a stormtrooper, stuff like that, right? In, in Rogue One, she's got that little toy uh, stormtrooper mm-hmm. that she leaves on the floor. Stuff like that. It's going to be sold at Galaxy's Edge. Mm-hmm. Ray has has the um, action figures of like the the uh, the um, X wing pilots, yeah. right? In in her home, and then the kids at the end of the Last Jedi playing with playing with those figures. It's all that rustic, more handmade toys that they're going to be selling in there which is phenomenal so you go to the den and den of antiquities for that sort of stuff and then we also have mubo's droid depot where guests can create and purchase their own droid for 100 bucks and i think that's a little bit more reasonable um you know this this is more like your bb8 that you can get like a couple of years ago there was that bb8 that moved around Zero and rolled around BBA, and... yeah that's the one. That's the one. And they also did one for that, like Imperial or First Order, uh, Roly Droid BB unit in the Last Jedi. Um, I forgot the name of that one. BB nine. BB nine. I think you did yeah, it. Yes. Yeah. Top Man Blyden. Yes. So uh, there's that one. But yeah, hundred bucks, a bit more reasonable, and you get to customize it yourself. So that one, I'm not going to complain about just as much. So there we go. There, there, there are the what, what, what you can expect to see and go into and visit and experience in disney's galaxy's edge not just about what you can see guess what we all know it you can hear and john williams john williams music the maestro is there he's got some new arrangements for the park kind of ambient background music but when you're in the marketplace that's pure john williams new galaxy's edge score um and i've mentioned it many times the music of john williams is what so it does it does something to me i don't know what it is it does something to me it's just it can make it can just soothe you. It can make bring tears to your eyes, make you happy. Just walking around Galaxy's Edge with that in the go, going off is you know bring give it to me. Let me give me a ticket right now. But we've mentioned it before. We've still got what a couple of months, two and a half months or so before the park opens fully, and Rise of the Resistance will be there as well. After the Rise of um, Skywalker slash Blywalker comes out, things are going to change up a little bit because they are going to constantly change it for, for uh, canonically. It's a big word. So after the rise of Skywalker, they're going to add in new little bits as well. But what do we think about Galaxy Z before in the in the weeks leading up to, or the months, or the episodes leading up to this one? I've been I've been cold on Galaxy Z, but I haven't been necessarily sold on it. Partly because it's not round the corner for me, so I found it slightly yeah. hard to get excited about something which I may yeah. not be able to visit too soon. But the more I see of it, I've been kind of getting into it, and then just this explosion. The opening ceremony, the pictures, and like you mentioned, the vlogs from our friends out there, 
personal stories from um, your buddies who went there, the pictures, you suddenly think, "Oh well, my God, I need I." This is something I didn't realise how much I really wanted to go and see and just that I would again immerse myself in, even if it's just for four hours or whatever it is they're going to let me in for. I am now utterly sold on Galaxy's Edge. And what about you? I know that we've had, we have issues with how they may have set part of it up, but as a whole, what are you thinking? As as a whole, I mean, what people keep saying again is this: is this immersion? Uh, this park isn't just about a ride. This park is about walking the streets of Bartu, a planet in a galaxy far, far away. You know, this attraction is about going to a cantina and drinking drinks like blue milk and all these cocktails that you that that are on Earth. You know, it's about going to the antiquities place and buying things that you wouldn't get on Earth. It's mm-hmm. all about that immersion, and you know, you got to respect that and and. Everyone I speak to or or have um, seen online, they 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 can't stop praising it enough. Especially Star Wars fans who just say, you know, this this really is phenomenal. There's they've never been to anywhere like it. So yeah, I, especially I I can't wait to see what happens when the Rise of Resistance uh, ride comes mm-hmm. out. Oh, yeah. um, all all in all, I am more than sold. More than sold. I just feel like the park naturally. Is going to have some teething problems. Of course, and that's yeah. only to be expected. That is only you know you know if you think it was going to be picture perfect from from the start, you know you're 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 a fool. That's not going yeah. to happen, right? You're, you're setting yourself up for failure. But let's see. Let's watch this space and see how things go, and let's start counting our pennies. Well, if we if, guess what I've done, if you and me were going to go today or this week, if me and Luke were going to get our Star Wars session suitcases out, rep rep the session stateside. It on a cost, business trip. On a business trip, of course, yes. Uh, we will pay for ours. It would cost, the cheapest ticket would be £6,090. That's together. So three grand each. That's the Animal Ooh. Kingdom Lodge. If Or if we wanted to go up wow. top end, £24,592. half grand each, pretty much, for each, for myself and Marshall. And that's, going, and that's going today. That's going, yeah, today, this this week. That, that's so that's the cheap cheapest tickets at both ends of the scale. They do get more expensive. That's obviously based oh, on flights wow. from London or Gatwick directly to Orlando. Tickets to Galaxy's Edge, Disney transfers, everything else, meals thrown in. The cheapest wow. we could go for today would be three grand a pop, which doesn't sound too bad. But then you've got chucked and spending yeah. money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I say I say that like I, I've got it in my back pocket. Let's right? have a little. Let's let's have a little cheeky chinwag after the podcast. We'll get that sorted. All right, mate. Yeah. No worries, get your passport. I better check it. it's got your date still. So um, so now, uh, hold on. I don't know if this is mine, but can you hear that? It's a siren, which can only mean one thing. Random game that the co-host on the other side of the phone has no idea about. Oh my word, are you kidding me? It's the one or the other game once more. I I thought there was something wrong with the podcast. <laughs> no, there's, there's, only, there's only something right with the podcast. It's the, ga- <laughs> oh, it's the game where I give Luke two choices. He get he gets to choose one. The other goes in the galactic garbage. It's gut feeling. Let's do it. Are you ready? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Go. Cue music. Kanji Club or the Guavian Death Gang? Oh, naughty. Kanji Club every single day. Tell that to Kanji Club. <laughs> Han and Leia or Anakin and Padme? <sighs> Oh, it's got to be uh, Haya. Haya, hello. Haya. Um, ignite <laughs> the blue or ignite the green? Oh, mate. 
I would be lying to myself if I didn't say that beautiful, sweet, sweet, sweet grain. Yes. Every day. The Last Jedi or The Force Awakens? Oh, just for those feels and our F-E-E-L-Z feels. <laughs> I'm going to say The Force Awakens. That was, Force works. that was a magical film. I love The Last Jedi. I love the direction it took and the brave choices it made, but I'm saying The Force Awakens on this one. Okay. I love you or I know. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a soppy old son, so I'm going to say I love you. Thank you, mate. Um, I'm not sure how Harry <laughs> would feel about that. Han shot first or Greedo shot first? Oh, mate, mate. We all know Han shot first. Come on. I've got to, every every episode, I'm going to make sure that stays the same. A night on Camino or a night on Naboo? Oh, Naboo. Every day. Absolutely. Looks gorgeous. And it's yeah, not quite so yeah, wet as well. Um, yeah. Apology accepted, Captain Nida. Or be careful not to choke on your aspirations, director. Come on, is this even a question? <laughs> Aspirations director, Craig. Yes, Vader, director my boy. <laughs> my boy Vader every day. Kit Fisto or Key Addy Mundy? <sighs> Ooh, I'm going to say Kit Fisto. Good Fisto, a few more now. K2SO or L337? Oh, K2 every day. No, no, yeah. Jedi Rocks or Yub Nub? Yabnub. Just. Yabnub. Well, who, what are you picking? The men or the women and children too? <laughs> <laughs> the women and children too. I'm gonna go dark. I'm gonna go for the dark answer, why not? <laughs> Ahsoka Tano or Asajj Ventress? Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every yeah. day. Who wins? Obi Wan on the high ground. Or Palpatine in the Senate? Oh, oh I Palpatine think... Palpatine is the Senate, after okay, all. Okay, okay, okay. Pre-The pre Rise of Skywalker trailer, <laughs> right? It's the high ground, because literally you can't beat the high ground on Obi-Wan. Like, it's, it's impossible. Yep. But let's see what happens in Episode Nine. That's all I'm saying. Oh, he's, uh, he, we'll come back to this one on December the 20th. Leia Poppins... <laughs> Or Anakin blowing up the Trade Federation ship in A Phantom Menace? Oh, dude. I This goes to show like how much I hate that Leia scene in <laughs> The Last Jedi, man. Anakin, every day. Yippee! Every single day. This is tense. Three more. Admiral Akbar or Admiral Radis? I'm going to say Radis, actually. Rogue One. So would I. For sure. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. We fight. Him. Yeah, I, I prefer him to Akbar. Yeah, for sure. Right, two more. Ezra or Kanan? Uh, Kanan. Finally. Kanan. Faster or more intense? <gasps> Faster! <laughs> and that wraps up this week's episode of One or the Other nice. Game. Nice. Nice. I like it. I like it. Sweet, 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 sweet. Thank you for that. No, very spontaneous and spicy. I like it. I like I do, it. I do like throwing them in sometimes, just to just yeah. add a bit of fun and spice to it. So let's move on to session socials. A lot of Galaxy's Edge centric again this time. Yeah, we asked all of you guys uh, if any of you were planning to visit Galaxy's Edge in the next 12 months. On Twitter, 
38% of you said yes, you fortunate so-and-sos, and 62% said no. We're with you, the 62%, sadly. Um, on Twitter, we have Sam at KillerQueen501. He's taken himself there next year as a graduation gift to himself. We are super jealous, Sam, mate. Rock on. Eric Arlison at Eric Arlison, top man. Uh, said he's going to combine Galaxy's Edge and Star Wars Celebration into one giant vacation. Hashtag take all my money. Hashtag seriously. Hashtag all of it. Yeah, you're not yeah. wrong there. Yeah, watch this space. I might be joining you, Eric. No joke. Uh, we had the lovely Nicole Raymond at Nicole Raymond on Twitter. Said sort of unexpectedly booked our August trip in January. Thinking we wouldn't see it this year. Late fall was what they were saying. Found a couple of weeks later, we were going to be there opening week day. Wow, we are just... Luck. We are jealous, Nicole. That is crazy. That is crazy. Send pictures. Catherine Pierce at Badass Vampire 2. Well, anything can happen in 12 months, so it's very possible that I will visit Galaxy's Edge, but it's going to be expensive, yes, which makes me very apprehensive. Uh, Catherine Mm -hmm. went on to say, it Mm -hmm. looks fantastic, though. I love that it really feels like you're in the Star Wars world. The Falcon ride looks like so much fun. I cannot wait to make my own lightsaber and my own droid. I hear you about the price, but... Mm. It does look like a one in a lifetime fantastic trip. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. This is this is stuff like only people can dream of. Yeah, you know, people couldn't even lifetime. imagine this like like twenty years ago. You exactly. know, so really, it really is a big deal. And we had regular listener Katie at Katie one twenty. <laughs> Uh, she said, I want to just imagine if our community come together and go. That'd be great. In all seriousness, I love to get that ball rolling. It'd be something I'd definitely save up for. Is she talking about the Star Wars Sessions community? Because I'll be about the, She's talking yeah. about the Sessions squad. And speaking of which, just on that, Laura, at LauraRen11, shout out. She's going to September and she says, come join us. So we're getting invites to Galaxy's Edge. Laura, pay for me. I'm there. Done. Katie, pay for me. We're there. I'm on PayPal. <laughs> I'll take a check. What if you, I'll take anything. I'm on PayPal. A lot. Do it, mate. Let's <laughs> let's smash it. So on we, we asked the same question on Instagram, and 86% of you said yes, and wow. only 14% no. Uh, it's just funny how one social goes one way and the, uh, the other goes the other way. Instagram's obviously a richer place to go. Yeah. But nobody invited us on Instagram, so hmm, I think I prefer Twitter. I prefer that we're invited to these events. I can't believe that. 86%, that's crazy. That's that's mental. No one said anything, guys. Come on, come through. Let us know who's going. Luke's on PayPal. Um, yeah, yeah, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> now, we, we asked a really cheeky question next. We also asked... Um, what are the chances of Bar 2 being mentioned in Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker? Twitter replied with 70% yes and 30% no, whilst Instagram said 66% yes and 33% no. Similar statistics. So people seem to be really thinking Bar 2 is going to be mentioned in, in Episode Nine. Despite that, and all knowing that, I still think it won. I don't I, see why I it would it be. Will. I like that we're on opposite ends really? here. Well, well, because this, because how do I, how do I say it about saying that odd Galaxy's Edge? I'm using finger quotes here. Galaxy's Edge is set between the Last Jedi and the Rise of Skywalker. So in in universe, in canon, the Falcon is stopped off in Batu. They're do, they're doing something for Hondo Arnaka, who I still can't believe is actually not picking up a bus pass yet. But so in. <laughs> In story, the Millennium Falcon 
I'm guessing Ray, Chewbacca and all, stop off in bar two. I'm thinking maybe even just a little mention, just, oh, remember that time we stopped off in bar two? And that's it. But, or something. The cynical part of me thinks there's too, this is too much of a big opportunity for them not to just drop in something to do with Galaxy's Edge into one of the most anticipated films of the decade, to end off the decade. Mm. Well, n- nothing's stopping them from mentioning the word Batu or Black Spire, I think. That's true, that's true. Okay, but, okay. Yeah. I've come round to that maybe, but let's see. Let's see. I'm yet to be sold on that one. I'm yet to be sold on that one. No, we'll, we'll, put a, we'll put a gentleman's bet on it then. Handshake, handshake and all. Whoever wins, by, whoever loses, buys the other a point. Okay. <laughs> Still, we're shaking hands. Let's see. Let's see. We also, we mentioned again, friend of the show, Katie, at Katie, three E's, one, two, O on Twitter. Drop this banger of a question for us. Hello there. So it's finally here. Galaxy's Edge is officially open. People can go and drink some blue milk, go and browse the shops and go on the Millennium Falcon ride. This made me think, said Katie, if you could create your own Star Wars ride, what would you create? Let's sell some ideas to Disney. This is a banger. Oh, um, if I could create it, it all depends on like, like the technology and stuff they, they can do. Um, but one of the things that I immediately thought of was, you know, this speeder bike chase on Endor. Oh, yes. Right. So it doesn't necessarily have to be that one doesn't have to be on Endor, but something similar where maybe you get to pilot like a speeder bike, um, you know, and it wouldn't take. You know, you know, you wouldn't need like loads of room for it, that sort of stuff. You know, and you could go into like this like room on your own or whatever and do that sort of thing. That'd be sweet. That would be awesome. I mean you got the Falcon, you, you might be the Kessler run. Yeah. The Death Star Trench will... run. Yes. Yes. What about um <laughs> what about Qui Gon's bigger fish? I don't know. You pick a fish oh, yeah, and you've got to try oh. and fight your way through the trenches of uh Otogunga as the fact that you always know that there's always a bigger fish looming. Is that the name of the trench, like the underwater trenches, the underwater? Oh, wow. I'm impressed, Matt. The force is strong with this one. I like the idea of just being a big old fish. Knowing that, you know, you could get chopped at any time and Qui-Gon reminding you, there's always a bigger fish. That was an Irish accent, by the way. Always a bigger fish. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) Obviously the best scene in Star Wars ever, right? Of course, yeah. Of course, of course. Uh, no, great question, Katie. Uh, th- as per usual, thank you so much for sending in your questions and socials. And talking of socials, we actually have a bit more. We asked you guys, what are your favourite Star Wars games? This was thanks to a suggestion given to us by none other than my lovely brother, on Instagram at Sir underscore Cabbage, or I just call him James because he's my brother, James Bly. He's an absolute legend. And my brother's actually into some really cool, like retro and vintage gaming. He has an N64, has GameCube, has all these consoles, right? And, And so on and so forth. And he loves games and vintage games in particular. Um, and he has a super duper fond memory of the star Wars, the Phantom Menace game that was released alongside the film, which I remember playing with him with absolutely sick game. Right. Oh, I have so much nostalgia for that game. Um, so we asked you guys on Instagram, you know, what were your favorite Star Wars games? And firstly, we have all Star Wars fans. Thanks for sending in a response, mate. He said, I don't think there's been a Star Wars game I haven't liked. Always remember playing 
Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith on PS2. <laughs> Just wanted to add how excited I am for Fallen Order. This comment. This comment is spot on. Spot on. Revenge of the Sith and Fallen Order that's coming out. I cannot wait. This question blew up on all of the socials. So uh, Sir underscore Cabbage slash James. This is a heck of a question. Andy Monta said, KOTOR is an easy win. Nazi the Old Republic. Ironically, the second chapter is even better in terms of characters and storytelling. Trouble development almost destroyed that. Even today, in any case, it stands for one hell of a playthrough. So we're already kicking off with the KOTOR love. Dude, and and that is not the end of the KOTOR mentions, which we kind of guessed would happen. Uh, We have my dear, dear friend and absolute legend, big Star Wars fan, the infamous Daniel Sexton, says Star Wars, Masters of Terraskazi. It was like the Star Wars version of Tekken. Great fun and probably still brilliant to this day. Um. Super cool fact. I actually told Dan, I work with Dan, actually. He's one of my colleagues in my office. Absolute lad. And I was saying to him today, Terrace Kazi is actually mentioned in Solo Star Wars Story because Kira uses it as it's basically like a form of karate or self-defense. Um, and Kira uses it in Solo Star Wars Story. And, and, and Dan didn't know that. So there was like an extra little golden like Easter egg there for him. So that was super cool. That was super cool. She takes to, out that guy from the pikes in the coach. She yeah. completely punks him. In. That's, That's right. it. That's it. Jared Fontaine. KOTOR 1 and 2. He's just finished beating both of them again for he doesn't know how many times. He also mentioned that the possibility of a live action film or series would be wonderful for Star Wars and fans in general, we reckon that Revan's story is the best in the whole universe. And it may bring in people who may not necessarily like Star Wars or Star Wars are that familiar. Uh, he also says that the story of Mitra Surik from KOTOR 2 is going to fit great in the trilogy. How she goes deeper into space to free Revan from being captured by the Emperor, but also loses her life while doing so. Spoilers for KOTOR 2 if you haven't played it, but I'm just giving it away anyway. So good. So good. Um, yeah, and, and it still ain't the end of the KOTOR love, guys. Honestly, this this game is 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 literally legendary in <laughs> yeah. Star Wars. Um, another good friend of mine, Josh Glover Art. Check out his Instagram. He, he does amazing artwork. He does Star Wars artwork on there for oh, sale. If you want an exclusive bit of art, honestly, go on to his uh, Instagram, J underscore Glover Art, I think it is. Um, anyway, he pleased my brother because he said – Shadows of the Empire on N64 was probably mine. Such a great game. Josh, you have played some major retro Star Wars <laughs> yeah. games, mate, by saying that. Honestly, did you play that, Matt? I love that game. I I still have like ridiculous nostalgia for the N64. I used to play it with my brother also. Shout out to Sean. We used to play, especially GoldenEye together as well. But yeah, oh, so uh, Shadows cool. of the Empire's ace. So cool. Top man, Film Joe 12, friend of the show. Either the Phantom Menace, Podracer, or the original Battlefront, going back a decade or so, I always felt so naughty doing Galactic Conquest <laughs> as the Emperor. So, uh, I Film love Joe's that. a bit, he's a bit cheeky, Film Joe is, but yeah, um, the original Battlefront, I think that, I loved, I like the scope of those games. I love these new Battlefront games, but the scope of those old ones was just bigger and, dare I say, slightly better. Mm hmm. Mm, yeah i agree i agree completely uh yeah and and the empire comment galactic Con- conquest <laughs> comment i love that that is yeah. that is and it's so true it's so true um genevieve regular listener genevieve therese remy said definitely the phantom menace ps1 oh 
Yeah, she is the boss lady herself. Well done. Yeah, a lot of love for for the Phantom Menace, and that was a quality game. Such a good laugh. But guess what? Captain Peanut, I believe, is another one of your buddies. Yeah. He started by stating that the Phantom Menace game was epic. Could never get past Naboo, though, so hopefully you've been able to do it now. His favourite Star Wars game was either Star Wars Battlefront 2 or Jedi Outcast. Gotta love a bit of Kyle Katarn. Blyle Katarn. Yeah, absolutely. And just to clarify, Ben or Captain Peanut there, he means the original Star Wars Battlefront yes. 2, which, again, I I kind of agree with. I love the new Star Wars Battlefront, but the nostalgia for the original Star Wars Battlefront 2, oh, it's so good. Mm, it's so been, good. It's tasty. And now we have the lovely Neil Lurry, a.k.a. Positive underscore one. The two Rogue Squadron games for the GameCube, but that Phantom Menace game for PlayStation was great. Neil also thanked us for giving him the drive to keep his podcast going. So thank you very much, Neil. That that means the world to us, mate. Yep, again, that Phantom Menace game for the PlayStation is getting some love. Yeah, I know. It's a lot of people liking that Phantom Menace yeah. game. Hey, James Don't, James was spot on it. He was. So, yeah, Neil also, the Shining Light and Phantom, very positive, and we're glad we could give you any kind of assistance to get your wonderful podcast. Keep it going, sir. I've heard of this guy. You may have heard of him. Isaac underscore Peppy. He's the Kent legend. Guess what? Episode one was great, the Phantom Menace game, but it'll always be KOTOR. It's just boring for me to even say at this point, but here we are. <laughs> Honourable mention to the episode three game. That thing was insane, especially the two-player duels and episode one pod oh, race on yes. Dreamcaster. Mostly KOTOR, though, because it had everything. Yep, yes. right. another KOTOR shout-out, another episode three shout-out, another episode one shout-out, um, underscore Pebby slash Isaac, top man. Top man, top man. And on Twitter... Now we move on to the dark side of the internet. I'm only joking. Uh, <laughs> on Twitter, we have Billy McPeters said that Knights of the Old Republic 2 will always hold a special place in my heart. Beautiful. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't say about it myself, mate. No, every, but the KOTOR, I think a lot of people hold those games up to such high esteem. And it makes me wonder, could a film or TV series mm, capture that? Oh, I don't know. Regular listener and legend Joe Caster, who jumped in with always KOTOR for me but guess what love the Phantom Menace game for PlayStation again again and now we've got the Force Losers podcast shout out to another Star Wars podcast when with Dark Forces 2 Jedi Knight <laughs> Dark Forces 2 there that, that's the first time that's got mentioned uh, another, another one Mrs. Raven redacted Star Wars The Old Republic no question well again mic drop bang boom Star oh, Wars The Old Republic spicy and now we have oh one of our favorite listeners in the whole galaxy a rural farm boy he says for me i still to this day the original battlefront a single player always is the empire renvar citadel cloud city and hoth all my favorite boards or planets i think he means uh yeah couldn't agree more mate thank you so much for uh sending that to us Yep, I want to imagine that in your voice, and I want to imagine you playing that Anthony as well. Right, right. <laughs> speaking of speaking of legends, Alderanian Rose on Twitter. I didn't grow up with video games, but the kids I work with in Ukraine have been playing Lego Star Wars Complete Saga on our old Wii for the past ten years. Each Nothing. new group of younglings loves it as much as the last. The reimagined cutscenes are pretty hilarious, and. Lego games count too. Those Lego games are a lot of fun and they are hilarious. And uh, shout out to Rose for sending a quite lovely message this week. Uh, we're glad we can give. We're glad to enjoy the show as much as you do, and we love you listening and we love your input. So thank you again, Rose. 
Yeah, thank you so much, Rose. We really appreciate it. And now on to Eric saying, I love playing Star Wars Obi-Wan on the original Xbox. The saber play and the force abilities were awesome. And that dueling arena mode was where I fell in love with our Lord and Savior, Plo Koon. Why? Because he looked like a badass. And that's why. Fair play, mate. Fair play. Yeah, Lord and Savior, Plo Koon. Nice one, Eric. Imperial Scum. At at Scum Imperial. He went with the Force Unleashed first mention. And KOTOR. Yeah, and more KOTOR again mentioned. Believe it or not, I'm shocked at this. The first mention of Force Unleashed. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm really surprised at that. But nevertheless, uh, more KOTOR love, which I'm definitely not surprised at. We have the Nerd Herder, a Star Wars podcast, saying, while I really love the Episode 3 game, Force Unleashed is my all-time favourite as of now. Sam Witwer is amazing, and I love the story and power the player could weld. And little factoid for people here, the, the person, Sam Witwer, um, they model the main character out of the, the Force Unleashed for. He actually does the voice of Darth Maul in Star Wars Rebels and solo a Star Wars story. Fact. He's a marvellous voice actor and a very chiselled-looking chap as well. Beyond the Outer Rim podcast, our Outer Rim show... Episode 1, Battle for Naboo. Mm, yeah, spicy, spicy. We got next the Pokemon trainer Raxo, or at Raxo55, and Star Wars Racer. Fair play. Yep, love all those racing games. Peter, at P94 at home. Episode 3 was fun with all the cheat codes activated. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I I remember that bad. We're going to get those like dodgy PlayStation yeah. magazines and getting the cheat <laughs> codes in the back. Yeah, I know the ones. Um, Jay at Jay Bone Solo Play, X-Wing Alliance, Co-op Jedi Power Battles. Yes, 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 yes. He's excited about that one. Um, <laughs> Jason Battle for Endor at JV at Jivjov. Uh, Super Return of the Jedi or Rogue Leader? Yeah, for sure. Good shouts. And then Noir Inc. at Noir Inc. 89 said, Star Wars Galaxies and Empire Divided. Best Star Wars game ever created. I'd pay good money to have this game back. Wow. First mention of uh, Star Wars Galaxies. Really, yeah. really interesting on that one. Uh, Kirby. I am Kirby 123. He's got two. Republic Commando. And this is an old school. Atari Star Wars. Again, again, first time we've had uh, Republic Commando mentioned. Yeah. Re- I'm really surprised at that. And then uh, finally, uh, Ackman or Aikman, um, at Aikman, uh, Knights of the Old Republic. What, what, how else would we finish it off, right? Yeah, well, you mentioned a few of those ones which we haven't heard. Facebook gave us so many answers once again, so I've pretty much had to just truncate as many as possible. We had a big love for Republic Commando, which you just mentioned. Another one, Star Wars Galaxies X-Wing Alliance got a lot of love from, not the, but Will Smith, Tim Maloney, Peter Johnson, Scott Trent, Mark Gambles, Bobby Williams, Robin Hogg, Corey Fryer, Johnny Racer, amongst many others. As did X-Wing vs. TIE Fighter, Shadows of the Empire, The Old Republic, Force Unleashed 1 and 2, and of course, KOTOR got an awful lot of love. So, KOTOR seems to be the big winner. Phantom Menace in Episode 3, though. Uh, I've got a lot of love. Mm, a lot of mentions. And the you, original though? Star Wars Battlefronts, yeah. yeah what oh, about you? Oh, mate, for me, for me, it's got to be the original Battlefront games, one and two, um, from last decade. I, I, I remember back in the day, there wasn't like any internet or, or like massive buzz around mm-hmm. some computer games. 
So, and plus I was a lot younger, but I specifically remember being year in year five of uh, primary school. Um, and I remember going, we were shopping in Sainsbury's one time. Sainsbury's is a supermarket over here in the UK for all our American and uh, foreign listeners. And uh, I, I was in the supermarket with my mum doing some shopping after school and stuff. And I was looking through the games aisle and I remember seeing this like new Star Wars game on the shelf, Star Wars Battlefront. And I remember my mum saying, I went up to my mum, I was like, mum, can I please have this? <laughs> she was like, and I was expecting like a no, because we weren't like the wealthiest family or anything like that. Um, and uh, my mum was like, yeah, that's fine. You can have that. And honestly, I was I was so no happy. But when I got home and played it, I couldn't believe how good it was. I specifically remember going to school the next day and be like, guys, I own the greatest Star Wars game <laughs> ever made, Star Wars Battlefront, and everyone needs to go and get it. It's incredible. Um, so, yeah, there we go. Uh, such a good game. What about you, mate? Uh, Revenge of the Sith was uh, also was such a lot of fun. And X-Wing Alliance, people mentioned, I really enjoyed this. I love the flying games. For, uh, mm. New games, I like Battlefront 1 and 2, but I'm hoping full in order. I'm hoping that's the daddy. But, um, mate, yeah, Revenge of the mate, Sith... We- we're one more week till we get news on Fallen Order because it is E3. Gameplay. It's E3 next week in California. I think it's in California anyway. Uh, I think so, yeah. I just can't wait to see how that game engine moves. I also love those, like, you know, the arcade machines where you sit in the pod. I think they've got one in South End. I love those ones where you just sit in, you close your door, and you're just in this pod and you've got to fly this ship in space. I love those ones. Oh, oh so good. I love that. Yeah, the, I, I know the ones you're talking about. Yes. I love that. I just love Star Wars, and and I'll be straight honest with you. When when the uh, 2015 Star Wars Battlefront came out, I played that a lot online with friends and stuff like that, and it really felt like for a few months I was like 15 or 16 again. So oh, that, okay. I, I hold the new Battlefronts close to my heart too. I, I do enjoy those, not as much as the originals, but I do enjoy them. Yeah, they're the best looking by far. Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, moving on from all those, thank you so much for sending us Massive in all of those answers, guys. We, we're overwhelmed by the positivity and the, the great answers we, we keep getting from you, our amazing community. So keep it up, please. Now, moving forward, we discussed a little bit last week about the Vanity Fair pictures that came out. I say a little bit, I mean a lot of bit. Yeah, that's um, right. And... and, and of course, one of the highlights, or probably the biggest highlight from that, was the picture of Luke Skywalker. And we've actually got a wicked voicemail in from the lovely Ben Cook, all the way from Canada. So let's listen to what Ben's got to say. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. My name is Ben. I love the show, and I appreciate you giving me a chance to have a little rant about Luke Skywalker. I'll try and make it as, as quick as I can. Uh, the first argument that people say is that Luke was a force ghost. But first of all, I think you guys talked about this on your podcast. R2-D2 is there. R2-D2 is not in the force. Why would he be standing beside a ghost? But the main one is Luke has a gloved hand that he used to cover up his metallic hand. If he was a force ghost, obviously he wouldn't have any use for that glove. We can take a look back at Anakin and see Anakin had all his limbs intact when he was a Force Ghost, so obviously that hand would have been no problem to uh, grow back, come back. I don't know. Anyway, if he was a Force Ghost, he would have full use of all his extremities. 
Um, the other argument is that it was a flashback, but you look at Luke, and he's obviously older. And if it was a flashback, he wouldn't be older. And if it was a flashback, it would have to be when R2-D2 was with him, which was well before The Force Awakened. So if this pick is from the movie, there's no way it can be a flashback. But my main argument is something that I don't see people talking about. I don't know if I've seen anyone talk about it. Take a look at Luke's beard in The Force Awakens. Then take a look at it in The Last Jedi. Then take a look at it in the Vanity Fair pick. Now, maybe it's just the lighting, but I don't think so. Luke's beard is much whiter in this new picture. So if his beard is whiter, then obviously he's gotten older since The Last Jedi. If he got older since The Last Jedi, then he's not dead because Force Ghosts don't age. So, yeah, that's basically my argument and i just want to say it'd be so cool to see luke come back light up that green lightsaber and then have a go with palpatine in the flesh that would be awesome we've never really seen luke fight at the height of his powers he was no match for the emperor in um return of the jedi not really and i i don't think ray or kylo really would be a match for the emperor if he was actually back in the flesh so I think the only one that could be is Luke Skywalker. So maybe he didn't die. Maybe he came back. But I'm hoping one way or another we see Luke in the flesh come back. Thanks for having me on. My name is Ben. And if you want to talk Star Wars, I'm at Ben and Max Gaming on Twitter. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Fantastic. Thank you so much for taking out some time to send us in that message, Ben. It really is cool of you. And, and I think we're, for the most part, we're kind of in agreement, um, especially from last week's uh, episode where we talk about Luke, that, you know, if that is a photo that is shot in the present in The Rise of Skywalker, that it can't be a Force ghost because, you know, he's wearing a glove. R2-D2's next to him, right? We've, we've, we've kind of, we're dead on, on the agreement to that. But however, I have thought to myself, that about the age thing yes so you mentioned the beard the force awakens i think sadly i do think that's lighting oh i do think i do think that's lighting and i'm not i it could be a flashback of some kind i don't know I don't know. It could be the Force Awakens, like just before leading up to the Force Awakens, that sort of era, maybe. I I, I don't know. I guess until we know more about the story, yeah. yeah I, but it could be continuity. It could just be that they dyed his hair a little bit too white and hope nobody had noticed. But it does raise the question, though, that, I mean, it's there. Whilst the, whilst the pictures are there and they are visibly different. Yeah. Is anyone really ever gone? Like we've mentioned, why would a Force ghost have a gloved hand? Anakin had had all of his appendages, so why would Luke still have a a glove if he's a Force ghost? He wouldn't need it. So uh, when I heard this, it it started to turn my head, and I thought, do you know what? This could... I don't... uh, Of course, I wouldn't just reveal it in Vanity Fair, but there's these little breadcrumbs, which I may or may not have thrown out intentionally, but Mm. this is exciting. Um, Yeah, it's... Dude, we're we're gonna keep talking about this photo on its own for the, for the next few months, and there's still a lot to digest. 
Um, and, and to be honest, there's not much that you didn't say, Ben, that I pretty much didn't agree with. Um, it would be, it would be absolutely amazing to see Luke come and, and slay Palpatine with it, with his green lightsaber. You know, I want to see him ignite the green. I think half the world does, but, um, <laughs> let's, let's see how it happens, right? I'm not going to pin my hopes to that though. You know, yeah. do you know what I mean? And we got to think logically about this. I think when we start looking at hair and stuff like that, Oh, it's always, it's, <laughs> you, you, do you know what I mean? It's too deep. That is just slightly too deep in my opinion, because you always got to remember that quote that Harrison Ford said when Luke Skywalker in A New Hope in the original <laughs> Star Wars, there's that scene that's shot after the um, trash compactor scene and uh, Luke Skywalker behind, or Mark Hamill behind the scenes says, I should have wet hair. Harrison Ford looks at him, he says, it's not that kind of film, mate. You know, and he's <laughs> right. He's right. You know, so always, always bear that in mind. Always yeah, bear that in mind. Ben himself acknowledged that it could could be, could be, could just be lighting. It could be continuity. It may be nothing whatsoever, but still, it's fun to speculate, isn't it? And Oh, for sure. When I heard this, it did get the old creative juices flowing to me thinking, imagine if he came back. Because if Palps is back in corporeal form, in like physical form... No one's taking him down. Nobody, no. apart from no. Luke Skywalker. It would take a heck of a retcon. But as as Luke said, it's that he would execution. If they could execute it, then I'm I'm up for anything in the rise of Skywalker. As long as it's executed well. As long uh, if Jar Jar Binks comes back, I don't care. As long as it's executed well. Sorry, if Jar Jar and Rose team up to take down Palps, great. As long as it's executed well. Maybe I'm going yeah. too far there, actually. But also, thank you, Ben. You know, thank you for all your support for the show and for your kind words for it as well. But anybody out there listening to Ben's voicemail, if you have any thoughts on that, let us and let Ben know at BenCook44 on Instagram. Let us know. Do you think Luke's coming back? Do you agree with the Beardgate? Or are we looking just too much into it here? Beardgate. <sighs> oh, yeah, Beardgate. Beardgate's going to roll on. But for you guys out there, you know, let us know. Let Ben know what you think of that. Also, before we move on to canon characters, I also want to mention Dar- uh, Larissa on Twitter and Instagram, Dark London Art, another fantastic Star Wars artist, uh, dark.london.art on, on Instagram. Go check out her marvellous Star Wars work. Just wanted to shout out because I've been admiring it for the last week or so. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Awesome. We've got one more thing to go. The one moment that we love. Oh, of course. How could I tease forget? them? Canon character spotlight, the one and the only. The who did Vader kill game? I mean, sorry, Canon spotlight yeah, yeah, game. Yeah. The one and the only Canon character spotlight. You know it, you love it. And if you don't, me and Luke, we get one randomly selected character from Canon. Could be anyone. And we just shine a little light on them. So, Luke, who did you get for this week's episode? Well, this week I have Belle, the <laughs> nickname to a clone. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the nickname to a clone trooper who served in the Grand Army of the Republic during the Clone Wars under Je- Jedi Generals Nadar Veb and his former master, Kit Fisto. Belle, along with Nina, was assigned by Clone Commander Phil to look after the ships while they went on their mission to Vasek's Third Moon. Belle and Nina were then informed by R6 that a ship matching the description of General Grievous's starfighter was approaching the forces. A short while into the mission, Bell received a call that the commander, the Jedi, and the remaining clones were trapped inside the fortress. He and Nina attempted to contract, contact the Republic fleet at Bestin, uh, but were killed by Grievous's IG-100 Magna Guards. Notable appearance, the Clone Wars series. Good old Bell, 
Um, no deaths from Vader. Not, no, I don't think we get one either. My uh, my Karen canon character was Jawahir Madras, which makes me pretty hungry. A human oh, female who lived on, speaking of spicy, who lived on Coruscant during the reign of the Galactic Empire. During her time on the Galactic Capital, Madras befriended Driller Mardap, the leader of uh, High Sky's advocacy group, and Arinda Price of Lothal. Remember her from Rebels. She worked as a waitress before becoming a martial arts instructor at the Inchom Dojo, a facility where students trained to become bodyguards for members of the Imperial Senate. In secrets, Madras and Mardap were part of a spy ring that spied on the Empire for the insurgent leader Night Swan. Madras used her position at the Yimchom Dojo to convince bodyguards to spy on their government clients until the ring was exposed by Price, who alerted Colonel Wolf Yularon of the ISB. In return for a confession, Madras was spared the death sentence and sent to prison at the Uvu 4 Detention Centre. Notable appearances, through a novel, and every takeaway menu in Britain. <laughs> Madras. Yeah, okay. I can't believe I can't believe they must have ordered that for dinner, right? They've all gone out for dinner and that thought this would be wrote... a great name. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No Vader death, so no, shame. We, we couldn't pull it out of the bag for you, but there's always next week. Next week we'll try and bring you a utter massacre for you guys out there. Uh, wouldn't be a, wouldn't be able to finish the show without a short poem from the poet laureate of the show, Curtis Smith. So, by all means, Curtis, take us away. General Hux, you scream at the troops your belief. The next film, your comic relief. Are you Hitler or Goof? A real villain or spoof? If you're not careful, Kylo's your chief. Find me on Twitter at Star Wars Poet, on Instagram and Facebook at Star Wars Poetry. Always Star Wars, always poetry, always original work, posting daily. Thank you, mate. And yeah, again, we get messages saying that people love that little little ditty at the end of the show. So thank you again for giving your time and your words and your talent to the show. Love it. Yeah, thank you so much, mate. It re- really means the world to us. Well, that is that for this episode of Star Wars Sessions. Find us an end there. Of course it doesn't. We know nobody's ever really gone. Where can the world find us, Master Blywalker? They can find us on Twitter at Star Wars Session with no S at the end. That's at Star Wars Session on Twitter. They can also slide into our galactic DMs on Instagram at Star Wars Sessions. That's at Star Wars Sessions on Instagram, or just feel free to drop us a voice note or message to our email address, sws at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. That's sws at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. Yes, indeed. We're on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere in the galaxy you can find a podcast, we're there. If you like the show, please do leave us a good review. It really does help us out and gets us out there to more people. Yeah, and please, please, please tell all your Star Wars friends about us. Tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your mates, tell your cats, tell your Ewok, <laughs> tell your cousin, tell the lot. The more, the merrier, the spicier. The spicier. Tell your pub landlord when you're paying too much for a pint. This is the podcast you're looking for. So, sadly, until next time, until next week, from me, it's Sia, and from Luke. May the force be with you. Always.
Jedi and Sith wield the Ashlar and Bogan, the light and the dark. I'm the one in the middle, the Bendu. Tell that to Kanja Club.